We had talked about over the past couple weeks uh, a new heaven and a new earth. We talked last week about a new heavenly Jerusalem, a new city to live in. And today I'd like to talk to you about just the first five verses of Revelation 22 to share with you what the Lord showed me. <clears throat> and it's simply titled this, The Source of Life. We're going to learn if we don't already know, or we're going to be reassured if we do already know, that the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father are the source of everything about life. Whether in this life that we live now, or whether in the life to come in heavenly Jerusalem. They are the source, and we're going to see that and be reassured in that today. So let's pray this morning as we get ready to, to read God's Word and ask His blessing upon His ministering of it. Father, we come to You today in Jesus' name. We thank You for Your goodness. We thank You, Lord, for salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we thank You today for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, that here is the, the, final, the final pages the final paragraphs, the final sentences, and the final words of your book that you wrote. Your holy scriptures, your holy word, what we call the Bible. And then we're going to see here in it, as you close this book out, that you always close the thing, something out that's important. You always close it out with one of the most important parts of it. And we're going to see today, Lord, that we need you because you are the source of life whether in this life or the one to come. So, Father, bless Your Word today. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts that may understand. Let us be encouraged by Your Word once again today as we look at the goings-on in heavenly Jerusalem. And we ask all these things today in Christ's name. Amen. So, Revelation 22 and verses 1 through 5. We're going to learn about the source of life. Amen. The Bible starts in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning God. And then it says created the heavens and the earth. God existed before anything else was made. He exists, he self-existed. He doesn't need our approval or our opinion or our whatever we could give him for him to do anything. But he existed and therefore, He created whatever we see today. We see what He's created. We've learned over the past couple weeks that He's going to tear up all what He's made. He's going to throw it in the garbage can and He's going to make everything new. We've learned that the last couple weeks. A new heaven, a new earth, and a new city. We talked about the streets of gold last week. We talked about how big the heavenly Jerusalem is. 1,500 miles square and 1,500 miles high. We're going to learn today that there's another special thing going on in heavenly Jerusalem. And it's a thing called the river of life. It flows through it. Amen. So in Revelation 22 verse 1, <clears throat> And He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as a crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the land shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. <clears throat> they shall see His face. His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. <clears throat> God's the source of life. 
He supplies everything we need that pertains to life. Amen. Whether it be light, food, water, or health, God's the source. Amen. Uh, Michelle's situation she was going through where she had to have a, an abscess removed, it is still boggles my mind how the body is able to heal itself. Needed just a little bit of help to get the infection cut out, but the way that the body has healed itself and continues to do and is almost done, it amazes me that God placed that in our bodies. You cut your finger, and as long as it doesn't get infected or something, work with it a little bit and keep it covered, keep it clean a little bit, and it'll heal right up. Amen. You can take trees out in the wild. You can cut limbs off of it, and guess what? Those limbs will heal over where you cut it, and it will start sprouting new limbs. <clears throat> God is the source of life. He created life, and He's the sustainer of life. Amen. <clears throat> so whether we need light, water, food, or health, He's the source. And it's true for this earth that we live on now. And we're getting ready to find out that here in heavenly Jerusalem, He's also the source of life there in this grand city. Amen. So in verse 1, notice it says this, he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. Two points here I want to make. First is about the pure river of water of life. They tell us that here on earth that clean water <clears throat> is essential for human life. Not just water, clean, drinkable water. That you can't survive very long without it. And how many knows that most water sources, where the water first comes out, it's pretty clean. It comes up out of the ground. But the farther it goes, and the longer it runs, the more chance of pollution. The more chance that something dirty could get in there. Or an animal carcass could fall in it and cause it to be soured, or whatever the case may be. But we're getting ready to see here that in heavenly Jerusalem, not only is the source pure, but where it runs is pure, because there's nothing that defiles in this heavenly city. So a pure river of water of life, it means it's not polluted or tainted in any way because there's nothing evil allowed in this city. See, we think about things in terms of how this earth works. Well, it starts out pure, but man ruins it. It starts out good, but people ruin it. There, it's going to start good and stay good because God's the orchestrator of it all. There won't be anything evil there. <clears throat> Only the people whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life are going to be allowed in heavenly Jerusalem. That's all. Not people that want to cause destruction and cause problems, cause pollution, cause that kind of thing. Then in, also in verse 1, the second point I wanted to make <clears throat> is where it proceeds from. What's the source of this river of life? It calls it the river of life. Okay, A pure river of water of life Meaning this, this river is going to be what sustains things in heavenly Jerusalem. It's the river of life. But where does it come from? See, we've got to watch that we'll start worshiping things in heaven while we're thinking about it here on earth. We don't worship the things in heaven. We worship the one who made heaven. Amen. Where does the water proceed from? <clears throat> it says it proceeds from the throne of God and the Lamb. Now, can you get any more pure source than God and the Lamb? Nothing more pure than that, is it? Amen? Amen. This means that even in heaven, <clears throat> they're the source of life. 
Don't think that just because we die and go to heaven and get a resurrected body that we're going to float around in heaven doing whatever we want and making our own way. We're going to still be have to depend upon God and the Lamb. And we're going to learn that we have to remain close to this river of life because it's what's going to sustain us. Amen? They're the source of life. And life does not exist apart from God or the Lamb. Amen? Amen. I want to give you some background on this. <clears throat> you can look this up and read it a little bit later. It's very interesting. Uh, but the, the notes you can take down and read up on it a little bit later is Ezekiel 47, 1 through 12. Ezekiel got to see a city and a river and a tree of life. He got to see some very similar things to this, but just in a little bit different way, but it's because they were in different dispensations. Let me tell you what he saw just briefly, and you can look it up later. He saw this river in a vision shown to him as well. He didn't see exactly like John saw it. He saw it as a natural city with supernatural principles. Okay, John sees it as completely a spiritual new city. This is completely different than anything we've ever experienced. Ezekiel got to see it as natural Jerusalem, a natural city, the natural valley of Jordan and all those things, but it had supernatural characteristics. Okay, That was the difference. John saw it on a deeper level as a spiritual city filled with resurrected saints who had accepted Jesus Christ. But Ezekiel sees the same thing. God's trying to show him and us the same thing. That there's going to be a river proceeding from God and that everything it touches will live. And as long as things are in contact with it, they will live. Also, things will be healed that are in contact with it. It talks about this river flowing down out of the threshold of God's temple in Ezekiel's vision. And he said it flowed down through the valley, went into the Jordan Valley, and said as far as it went, the angel would take John and show him how deep it was. Started out as about ankle deep. Next thing it was knee. Next thing it was waist. And all of a sudden, it became a river so deep that you'd have to swim in it. You couldn't walk through it. It even ran into what they called the salt sea, <clears throat> which is the Dead Sea. How many knows fishing things don't live in the Dead Sea? It's too salty. But in Ezekiel's vision, he sees this <clears throat> river running down in there and when it hit the Dead Sea it healed those waters and fish became in abundance so much that people fished in the Dead Sea just like they did in the Mediterranean said people were standing on the side of the banks cleaning their nets because they were catching so much fish so whether it be Ezekiel or John's vision of this river of life they're both teaching us the same thing that the source of life is God and the land. And if we want to live on this earth, or if we want to live with Him in heaven forever, we're going to have to recognize Him as the source. And if we're not connected to Him as the source, there'll be no life. Amen? Amen. As I mentioned before, this is only going to happen where the river's flowing in Ezekiel's vision. Wherever it flows and it touches, things will live. But it said the swamps and the marshes are going to still be given over to salt because the water stagnates there, doesn't it? I want you to think about one of the things they talk about when water uh, begins to get stagnant or dead or whatever. It's when there's nothing moving, when it just sits. You know how it is, an old mud hole. When it first fills up, it doesn't look so bad. 
three or four days in the hot sun and no fresh water running in it, it looks nasty, doesn't it? It starts to stagnate. But the river of life in heavenly Jerusalem will ever flow, will be a continual flow all through that grand city. Isn't that amazing? So everything that moves will live. The Bible says every living thing that moves will live as long as it's in contact with that river. Why is that? Because the river source is from the temple of God. Now we see in John's vision, he said there is no temple. There's just a throne. And from under that throne runs the river of life. So God uses Ezekiel and John's vision to demonstrate the same point, that He is the source of life either here on earth, as He showed Ezekiel, or as He showed John, He's the source of life even in heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. <clears throat> I want you to think about this. This hit me yesterday as I was just sitting while it was hot outside and couldn't do much. I was just pondering about these things and the Lord opened this up to me and showed me this. Jesus demonstrated this very fact that He was the source of the water of life. You remember the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 when He was talking with her and the lady came up and He asked the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, hey, get, will you get me a drink while you're getting you one? Remember what Jesus responded? If you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked Him to give you water. Living water! And anybody who asks about this living water, it will spring up as a well in them and flow out everlasting life. See, Jesus gave clues all through His time here on earth that if we people knew the Scriptures, they would have went, wait a minute, didn't Ezekiel talk about some kind of a river running out of Jerusalem? There was some kind of river He talked about that everything it touched would live. And here Jesus, doing all those miracles, having that power that He had, tells this lady, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd have asked for the water that I could give you. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? See, God's Word is all connected. We just have to connect the dots when He opens it up to us. Amen? Amen. So if you only knew, then in verses 2-5, through five, the Bible, as we've already read, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there will be no more curse, but the throne of God and the throne of Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. The tree of life grows in abundance in heavenly Jerusalem. It says here that it grows in the middle of the golden streets. I want you to think about it. We talked and discussed that a little bit last week. These golden streets that are so pure that you can see through them. But yet in the middle now, we're starting to see this, this revelation is continuing to grow. Not only is it just a grand golden street that's so pure you can see through, but in the midst of the street is growing the tree of life. And we learned from Ezekiel's vision and putting things together from, from here in Revelation that there must be multiple trees of the tree of life that grows all throughout this grand city. In the middle of the street, and it also says on either side of the river of life is growing this tree. I want you to think about that. And its fruits come every month. Twelve different kinds. I want you to think about part of the curse is this. 
Michelle and I were talking yesterday. We have to wait one whole year <coughs> for an apple harvest. Plums and oranges and those kinds of things. They bear their fruit once a year. That's part. Of, that's the way it, what things work here. Can you imagine a tree that bears fruit every month? Plump and ripe and delicious. There's no more curse. So the tree's not bound to just producing once a year. Also, it says that its leaves are for the healing of the nations. This means that all nations are going to come together and serve God in unity. I want you to think about all the conflict right now in this earth between nations, between people, between whatever. There is always some type of conflict. Parents can't get along with children and children can't get along with parents and friends can't get along with this and this group can't get along with this group and there's wars and there's rumors of wars and all the things going on. But it says that the, this tree will be for the healing of the nations. Until all come together. Serve Christ in unison. Amen? People will partake of the fruits for food and the leaves will ensure eternal health and therefore enable us to live forever. See, people forget that we're going to be eating things in heaven. Remember what Jesus told His disciples? I'm not going to eat of the fruit of the vine until I eat it with you in the kingdom of my Father. There will be things to eat growing on the tree of life. The leaves will be for healing. <clears throat> Meaning we'll never die. We'll never be sick. There'll be no problems there. Amen? <clears throat> Ezekiel saw that the tree's leaves will not wither and that their fruit would not fail and that they would bear fruit every month. He's seen the same thing there. And God shares something with him that I think is important for us to interject it here. God showed him that it's, that was possible because the trees were watered by the river of life. The tree of life is not something to be worshipped because the tree of life exists because it's rooted and drawing its water from the river of life. The river of life can't be worshipped as something that's grand and spectacle because it's only a river of life because of where it's flowing from. The throne of God and the land. We'll find out next week. He was so amazed by this that he fell down to worship this angel who was talking to him. He said, no, don't do that. I'm your fellow servant. Worship God. Why? Because He is the source. What do you need in your life? I'm not talking about wants, ambitions, and desires. What do you need in your life? You need Jesus Christ to lead you and guide you every day. He's the source of everything that you're going to ever have in this life. You may think that your job, your career, your abilities, your opportunities have provided you the life you live. No, God is the source for all them things. I wish I had learned this quicker in my life. I thought I was making my own way. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. Working hard, getting ahead, whatever the case may be. You know what the world tells us. I wish I'd realized as a young kid, even as a teenager, God is my source, so I'll go to Him and ask Him, what do you want? me to do. Amen. Ezekiel's and John's visions both reveal the same thing, that God is the source of life. Whether in this world, 
or the one to come. God is your source. I can't get that through to you enough today. God is your source. Amen? Amen. Jesus also demonstrated that He's our source of food. This talks about that this tree of life was going to give people food, right? He said while He was here on earth, I'm the bread of life and that I'm the true manna from above. I'm the source, He's saying. And He demonstrated this when He fed the 5,000 with the two fish and five loaves. You know, Jesus was part of creation. He was there when creation happened. He was, he was part of that. And during creation, God put in a process that if man's going to eat, he's going to have to plant seeds. He's going to have to get the ground ready. He's going to have to plant the seeds. He's going to have to tend to that crop. Then he's going to have to harvest that crop. Then he's going to have to prepare that crop as food. Jesus was there when that process was put in place. But Jesus demonstrated that He was the source when He was able to bypass all of that and multiply the fish and loaves just with His Word. Amen? Jesus is demonstrating what Ezekiel saw and what John would see later. He's demonstrating it the whole time He's here on earth. Amen? Jesus also demonstrated He could supply our needs. How do, you, how do you catch fish? You don't go out on the dry ground to catch fish, do you? There's a process in place for that. You've got to make a net or a hook or some kind of a way to get a hold of that fish while it's out in the water and pull it in. In their day, you had to get in the boat, go out and figure out where the fish might be, drop a net, drag the net for a little while, pull it up, and hopefully there'll be fish in there enough for people to eat. Jesus bypassed that process too because why? He's the source. Think about what He told them when they went out fishing that night, His disciples. And He said they'd been out all night and they'd fished all the popular spots they knew that they would catch fish and they hadn't caught anything. Jesus said, drop your net on the other side of the boat. Well, Lord, we've done tried that, but nevertheless, at Your Word, they dropped it in and it was some many fish it almost sunk the boat. Why? Because He's the source. Amen? He's the source of life. Hallelujah. Just as in Ezekiel and John's visions, the tree of life had leaves for healing. Jesus demonstrated that He's also the source of healing. Amen? I want you to think back over the Scriptures. No matter how well you know, you may not be a scholar, but you've been in church long enough to know and been around things long enough to know that Jesus healed a lot of people. He had that power because He was the source. Why does this tree, the, the leaves on this tree of life have healing power? Because God is the source. Amen? How many people do you think Jesus healed while He was here? John was there to see it. And he said if we wrote them all down in a book, <clears throat> there'd be too many books for the world to hold. That's how great the works Jesus did were. And that was just in three years. Why? Because He's the source. Amen? Amen. So from the beginning of time on planet Earth, 
God has been the source of life. Those whom we label as the faithful saints all understood this. People like Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, etc., etc. They all fully understood that God was their source. And you know it's a good thing for us. The quicker we realize that, the quicker off we'll be. Because here's what will happen. We'll go through life and we won't pay attention and we think we're the source and we're providing for ourselves, and we'll come to a place where we can no longer do that. Through circumstance, through problems, whatever, we'll realize, wait a minute, I can't do this myself and we're going to have to look to God. Why? Because He's our source for everything. Amen? Amen. And in closing this morning, I want to just tell you this. As an encouragement. Those who reject that God is the source of life have and always will rebel against God. There are some people that don't believe that. They think, I'll make my own way in this world. I don't need God or your idea of God. I don't need all that. I'll make it just fine. They've always rebelled against God and they always will. Without them coming to Jesus, that's, that's the lot they've chosen. They'll search for other explanations as to being the source of life. Well, we shot out of the sun. That's a funny one to me. Life came and it shot out of the sun. Well, how'd the sun get there? Okay. Well, it's a collection of gases that come together. Where'd the gases come from? Somewhere, sometime and point in time, somebody has to answer the question, where did it all start? What is the source? And the source is God and the Lamb. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. And darkness covered the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. And when the Holy Spirit spoke, hallelujah, it came to life. It's the source. God is the source. Amen? So they'll search for other explanations. And they'll even some people, they'll attribute some other false god as to being the source. Well, you all believe in this God and we believe in this God. Hogwash. Nevertheless, the visions that Ezekiel and John both saw are from God and they do not lie. Amen. The entire Bible, I thought about this yesterday, sitting on my chair. The entire Bible is a, is a collection of stories of people trying to either go on one side or that or the other. Either God was their source or God's not the source. Some people believe and some people don't. But this whole book is a journey of people who was making that decision. And people got themselves in trouble when they, re- when they didn't realize God was their source. Amen. So some believe and some don't. And I want you to think about this. I said before, chapter 22 is the last chapter of the Bible. When you've spent a couple thousand years collecting your Word by inspiring your servants and they wrote it down and you've preserved it, and now it comes to the end where you want to close it out, what are you going to do? You're going to list the most important fact for people to remember. 
There's everything in here is good and it's been said by God. But as He begins to close His Word, He's going to give you the most important thing that He wants you to remember. And here He starts this chapter by saying, I'm the source of life. Whether here or in the life to come, I'm the source. Amen? He's reminding us that He's the source of life. Here and in eternity. And apart from Him, there is no life on the new earth. We were all excited, right, about the new earth. I create new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And we saw last week He brought heavenly Jerusalem down and set it on the new earth. But there will be no life in this wonderful grand place apart from Him. Because He's the source. Where did the river flow from? From His throne. Hallelujah. So apart from Him, there's no life on the new earth and the heavenly Jerusalem. He's the source. The one who gives life and the one who sustains life. Hallelujah. They say scientists are discovering more. The farther they send, the farther they send uh, telescopes and these things to explore space, they keep hoping someday they're going to find the edge, the end. But the farther they go, the more they realize it just keeps going that much farther. How far up does it go? How far the, We can't find the end of it. They tell us that there's evolutionists tell us that the sun has been burning for 60 million years and it's not burned out. Isn't that amazing? That even they with their, their lies, they're trying to say that this is infinite. God is the source. He is the creator of things seen, the things unseen. He's the creator of this earth, this heaven that we live under right now. He's going to throw it all away someday and make a new heaven and a new earth. And in there, in that holy city, it's going to be a throne. And on that throne is God and the Lamb. And from out from under that throne, guess what flows? The river of life. And that river of life sustains everything that's in heaven. I want you to be encouraged today. The things we see here are temporary. You know, you can in the springtime have a river flowing. I think about a lot of times one that maybe we're all familiar with, the Greenbrier River. You know, you go down here to Hinton, Hinton and you see it, and it's usually always some water in it. But if you get up in there in Pocahontas County and Greenbrier County late in the year when it's not been raining, it dries up completely. The river of life in heaven is never going to dry up. It's never going to fail. And that's where we're going to live forever. With God and the Lamb. Amen? Does that excite you? It excites me. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come to You today as we close this Word You've given us. Hallelujah. About the source of life. Lord, we thank You that You are our source of life. Lord, we're sometimes regretful that we took us so long to figure it out, but Lord, we're glad we finally did. And we thank You, Lord, that now You lead us and guide us every day. I pray, Lord, for each and every person here today that they will all understand You are the source of life even here on earth and in the one to come. I pray for our youth today, Lord, that as they're beginning their lives and they're excited about their careers and their jobs and their opportunities and all, I pray today for them specifically and especially that they'll understand that You're their source. 
You're not some exception. You're not something to be just uh, talked to from time to time, but you're the source of everything that they're going to make in this life. Father, I pray that for those of us that are older, that maybe we hadn't realized it to this degree, but Lord, help us today all as a group. Help us today, Lord, to understand you are our source of life. You always have been. We didn't recognize it at some point in time, but thank God we did. And now, Lord, as we live out the rest of our days, help us, Lord, to recognize You as the source of our lives. Hallelujah. We thank You, Lord, for Your goodness and mercy to us. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word. I pray for each and every one, Lord, that You just keep them safe to the next appointed time we meet. And as we go home this week and begin to just continue to ponder about heaven, just think about this wonderful river that flows from Your throne. And Lord, how wonderful it must be for You and the Lamb who sit on the throne, the sustainers of life. Hallelujah for all things. We thank You for it today, Lord. Help us to reflect and just to, to have a, a, good, a good thoughts in our minds about what it's going to be like in heavenly Jerusalem. I pray today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.